Bienvenidos y welcome to the Biz Bruja podcast, where reclaiming our powerful intuition, our sacred medicina, embracing our magic and healing ancestral patterns, invoke powerful creations in our own well-being, our lives, familias, community, and our businesses. Remembering that our businesses are so important at this time. I'm the creatrix of this blogcast, the Biz Bruja herself, Vanessa Codornu, a modern-day bruja, fourth-generation psychic medium, clinical hypnotist, energy healer, and soul biz mentor and coach. An Argentine-American who started reading adults at 16, became a professional intuitive at 22, and now guides creatives, intuitives, healers, and entrepreneurs to break through fears, connect to the practical power of their intuition so they can serve the world powerfully. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Bienvenidos. I'm so excited today to speak to someone that I've been sharing his wisdom online following, connecting, aligning through his words and his wisdom. And I said to myself, it would be really amazing to have a conversation. And so here he is. Please help me welcome Xavier Dagba. Hello, Xavier. Hello, Ms. Vanessa. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm I'm just receiving that this is happening. And it's always a delight to just show up with the intent to, to serve. And, um, you know, there is the anticipation that is there that I just want to call forth so that I can see it. There's the anticipation, the excitement that is there to just um, be the proper vessel for what people that are tuning into right now need to hear at the moment. And I hope we are able to achieve that. Thank you for having me here. Thank you. Thank you. And I and I support that intention and I just welcome in that flow. May, may spirit work through us and um, connect with our audiences and may our audiences receive yeah. because we're in service. Thank you. And before we get into this beautiful, wise and exciting conversation, I want to read Xavier's bio. So Xavier is a trauma-informed transformational life coach and shadow work facilitator. He loves to think of himself as an emotional alchemist. His work and teachings are infused with the intent of transmitting the sacred wisdom of the heart. Xavier's transformational journey brought him to dive into the universe of shadow work, and he tends to think that only when you are willing to illuminate and integrate your shadow can you fully feel alive and embody your power. He feels alive the most when he helps people shed their limitations, embrace their repressed power, and live from the heart, not their wounds. Thank you so much for your sacred work. coming from a space and a world, uh, you know, I was reading books on spirituality in the 80s, my family was spiritual, and it was all love and light. And so, so welcome that we are now understanding that the shadow is so deeply important on our path, and in our work and on our path to be whole. My, my first question for you is, how have your ancestors informed, inspired who you are today and the sacred work that you're bringing into the world? That's such a beautiful question, a rare one. You know, that's, I think this is the first time I am truly asked this question. So my ancestry, you know, like I was born and raised in Africa, um, central, you know, the central part of Africa, Cameroon is where I grew up, but my dad is from Benin and I have a big influence from Benin. And Benin is, you know, the country of voodoo in Africa the country of like the, you know, 
um, they call it um, um, the worship of spirits back home. That's how they call, they, they they relate to it. And uh, for the longest time, my dad was terrified of it and transmitted that fear to us, to his children. So my dad found refuge in religion. You know, he became Christian and he found refuge in there. To this day, extremely Catholic and, you know, practitioner and all of that. And um, so I was in this space in between where I saw the value of some teachings in the religion. And I also didn't really understand the tradition. I didn't really relate to it beyond the fear that he transmitted to us. And um, I was just tired of being afraid at some point tired of being afraid and my dad was afraid also in his lineage of his grandmother that was a renowned um voodoo practitioner back home renowned um to the point where they basically wanted to erase that part of the the history and i've growing up i had extreme vivid dreams about being chased by um an old woman that was chasing me with a um a black leopard in my dreams as a kid, I had that that dream would come up so many times. And I remember I would talk about that to my dad and he would freak out because he understood the symbolism. She had a name that was Black Leopard. Um, and, you know, I only learned about this much later, much later. Um, when I was a kid, he, he didn't really want to get into this. So I was bombarded with prayers and all of these different things that I welcomed and celebrated. And there is one day I don't I started doing shadow work without knowing that I was doing it. I started understanding it much later. There is one day when during a dream, I just turned around and I'm like, I'm not running. I'm done. I'm tired. I'm not running anymore out of exhaustion. And what came up when that face showed up was I am not evil. That's what came up. I am not evil. I am not evil. I am not evil. And to this day, that presence is with me. So how has, and I've, I've come across so many people, healers, practitioners that are just like, whenever I sit with you, I feel like there is a, there is like a benevolent presence that is with you. It's, you know, I've had people telling me, it feels like there is a woman with a turban behind you. I'm like, who, who is that person? I'm like, well, maybe my great grandmother, I have no idea. Um, but this is something that was really, um, that hit me at the very core. And that has been present with me. And um, when I started learning even more about the practices of, you know, the tradition, coming from the, the traditional heritage from my father, I found out there, that there are people that knew how to hold space for insanity. They knew how to hold space for madness. And from these places, the most healing experiences would occur. And I relate to that as intuitive mastery of the human psyche. And I am still learning from that. So um it shaped tremendously trust in the inherent kind of like ability to heal that is embedded within the human psyche so if i could say what is one of the ways that my ancestry impacted my work it would be this way one very potent way it made me realize that there is a big distinction between shadow and evil that has been the big distinction in my work 
and this is the place from which I'm operating. Thank you so much. I felt that like viscerally in my heart and my body as you were speaking and, and saw this like woman running with the black leopard. And of course, the way Judeo-Christian religions have impacted the world that we've learned to associate with something negative, right? But yeah. it, and it's not. And it's not. And so thank you for that story because I'm even part of me doesn't even want to talk right now. I just want to sit with it because it's very deep. And I feel called to ask to to invite the audience to also ask yourselves, have there been recurrent dreams? Have there been stories of of what wisdom keepers or people that are called brujas or witches or um people who mambos or santeras or priestesses or priests in your lineage that maybe you've rejected you've been afraid of and maybe to look at your dream world as well to look within because there is such a source of great power when we can tap into that and heal that so thank you for for that and when you're so you've already kind of like also answered what you had to overcome um is is that the main thing that you feel you had to transform a pattern from your ancestors because you had the fear from your father yeah. Um, that's beautiful. And what are some of the gifts you're leaning into? And well, the, some of the main things that were there to transform was, you know, the, the, there was this story of wanting to be the, the good boy, good child and succeed academically. That was the path that our parents did the best they could to put us on because we grew up in an environment, you know, we didn't have much. No. So they wanted to do the best we they could to get us to succeed academically in school. So I got to the point of being in a PhD program and I was just like, I am suffocating right here. This is not what I'm here to do. I am entering a machine that is squeezing my soul out of my body and I don't want to do that. So I dropped out. So there was that experience of like disappointing on purpose, knowing what I'm going to do is going to disappoint to a really deep degree. These people that I know love me, parents, family, friends, people that looked up to me, there was that experience and literally dropping from where I thought I was, dropping from that place. So there was also that and also getting into a place where I actually believed that there was value in what wanted to come through me. I tried so many proxies to the work that I'm doing today. Started nutrition coaching, fitness coaching in Montreal, opened the gym. And then within me, I knew, no, this is not it. There is something else that wants to soar. This is not it. And to the point where I had to fail miserably with that first business venture, rack up a whole lot of debt, clear some financial mess to be like, okay, something is not working. I am not listening. I even had like, you know, I, I often call some experiences shadow attacks. When there is something that wants to be expressed, it wants to rise and you're not allowing it, your body starts actually manifesting it. It's like, hey, there is something that wants to be expressed and you're not expressing it. And for me, that unfolded through asthma that lasted for exactly two years. And it stopped, you know, there was an, there was a lot of work behind emotional release, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of things that I had to do through that. But when I made the choice to actually let go of that venture, at the end of that year, I could breathe. 
weirdly enough, there was an experience of surrender. We're talking about 2017, 2018. There was an experience of surrender where I dropped so much weight fast that year because of everything that I was holding on to. So what gifts am I am I leaning into? Um, the leaning is still happening to this day, but it's really that trust. Trust with that, I want to say blueprint. When I look back at when I look back at the heritage, and I said it at the beginning, people who had the capacity to hold space for madness. And by madness here, I'm not talking about something that is walking in the street, somebody that is walking in the streets completely naked and doing, you know, trying to kill everybody. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when the mind has lost a sense of structure, a sense of like um, order. And there is a new form of like order that wants to be expressed through you. But for that to be expressed, it demands that the structures that used to be there before just fully collapse even more. Um, there's a technology for that. It is so well understood. And um, to this day, I'm just like embracing it even more. And people who are brave enough to go through that experience, they find out that they come out of that feeling more liberated. So that's what I can say to that question. Mm, I love that. And I love how you define madness because it's breaking away from societal expectations, societal structures, because our people back in the day didn't look at their watches. We moved to the cycles of the earth, of nature, of the moon, of each other, of community. When you went to tend harvest, when you went to sow, when you went to dance, we had we had a different life. And it can look like madness. As you were speaking, I was reminded, I'd been doing spiritual work from a young age because it's in my family. At the same time, I was not full time and and I had to go through a layoff the day before surgery, a surgery, a breakup. This is 2012, mm. um, a car accident where I was saved, but it did roll around three times and nothing happened to me. And as I crawled out, I heard, um, don't go back to corporate. Stepping out into that felt like madness. So thank you for calling it out because I think that, I mean, you know, there's a lot of stories about dark night of the soul. It can last longer than a night. And it could be, as you said, when everything that we've counted on, I counted on my job to give me the, you know, support so I could live alone in New York, my relationship that I thought my, my, um, my health, everything yes. fell away till I had to be like, okay, what do you want from me? And it's like, be who you are, be who you are, be who yes. you've been, um, a terrifying thing. And so uh, it does require so much bravery. It does require a process. And I remember thinking, I'm a good person. I've been doing good work and helping people and doing circles. Why? And it was because you're going, you're, you're supposed to become even more of yourself. Absolutely. Um, and I think I feel like it's a process where we allow more of our own soul to reside in our body, right? Yeah. Yes. It's like it's it's like this has to fall off all the things, the structures, so we can breathe free in terror sometimes, and then more of our soul can enter and work through us. Um, so thank you for that, and and thank you for listening to my story as well because it just lit me up in that way. Um, so many people now are seeing you know, all the TikToks, all the reels, all the things. And I do believe that social media platforms 
have really supported the widespread awareness and understanding of narcissism, of what an empath is, of spiritual awakening, of spiritual madness, of spiritual loss, of spiritual awakening. And it's taught us so much about so many things. At the same time, that other side that paints it out to be, oh, you go through the training and everything's okay, or you go through this moment. People going through that sometimes have asked me, you know, I look at all this stuff and I feel like my purpose is to, I'm supposed to be Oprah, I'm supposed to be a healer, I'm supposed to have millions of people in front of me. And I know that when I was, you know, starting out my spiritual path, I never thought of that. It was just like better living and healing myself and having a better life. Where does real finding a real true purpose in this kind of interesting landscape, right? Technology, growth, uh, all the insanity, the political landscape that we're dealing with. What do you think or feel or know that finding our purpose really is, right? In the midst of all of this that I've just painted. Yeah, that is a question that has so much depth. I want to say thank you for the context. Um, I want to say first, thank you for Thank you for your story and thank you for everything that you shared there. Um, I feel like I get to be, to know you even more and know your heart even more. So I want to say thank you for that. Um, but the, the question, let me receive the question, purpose. I often think purpose is one of the topics that have, that has been the most distorted in my opinion distorted because we often believe we often think that we got we we need to go get purpose somewhere else than here what what do i want what, to what, what do i mean by that i'm going to offer a very wild thought before we dive into the nitty gritty maybe a wild thought maybe you have never been out of purpose Maybe I'm just inviting you to hold that thought here. Maybe you have always been on purpose and that purpose is actually a path. Maybe it's a road you're walking and maybe you've actually always been on purpose and the conditioning that sometimes purpose is actually away from here. That purpose is somewhere else other than here. Sometimes it creates even more of a gap that is that is hard to bridge. Uh, a gap that can feel and 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 when we associate, when we do the spiritual work, actually, we associate a whole lot of our self-esteem to being in purpose. We we put a whole bunch of our self-esteem in. I need to be on purpose. If I'm not on purpose, why am I? What am I doing here? I'm not worthy of being here. If I'm not on purpose, then what's the point? If I'm not on purpose, maybe I'm just a waste of space. And in my opinion, that is also um, an aspect of this distorted spiritual conditioning that can sometimes be very harmful. I'm inviting you to hold on to the thought. Maybe I've always been on purpose, and maybe this path gets to and expand and unfold even more in ways that fill my soul, in ways that nourish my spirit. Maybe this is actually what gets to happen. From this foundational perspective, now we can begin to expand. Okay, I'm on purpose. It gets to be better. It gets to expand in different ways. It doesn't necessarily, right now, being right here, it doesn't need to look like the Oprah story. It doesn't need to look like that, you know, Xavier's story. It doesn't need to be like Vanessa's story. I'm on it. I'm here, I'm on it. And since I am here, you know, it doesn't mean that this is the, the 
you know, the end of it. It doesn't mean that this is where it ends. I get to expand. And you mentioned something about the, the process of the ascension of the soul, because we often see ascension as um, wanting to rise above our humanness. But I very much see it as inviting our soul, morph our soul into our humanness. So that is actually the new path that opens up. A big attribute of purpose is actually, in my opinion, getting into that space of radical authenticity. What do I mean by that? Very often when we are, I mean, I mean I'm going to give an image. Imagine that at the core of you, you are holding this piece, this core that is the core true desire of the soul that wants to be expressed through you. That there is a core, deep desire of the soul that wants to be expressed through you. And you are on the stage with literally 8 billion people watching you. Because on an energetic level, this is literally what is happening. On this collective field, this is literally what is happening. There are 8 billion other souls out there. And you are here. You have the capacity to shield your core. Or you have the capacity to emanate the core. So I'm inviting you to think about that frequency of embracing fully purpose. So it's not a matter of, it's not a, a thing about being on purpose or not being on purpose any longer. It's about fully embracing purpose or not fully expressing purpose. It's about fully expressing purpose or not fully, or, or repressing purpose to a certain degree, because the reality is you are on purpose. Is it fully expressed or is it not yet fully expressed? Is it expressed in the best of your ability or is it not there yet? You are now on a spectrum of purpose and the higher degrees of purpose, if I'm going to put it this way, they depend on how much you allow the emanation. It depends on how much you allow that core, that most intimate aspect of you. People often think that the, the most intimate parts of them is your naked body. Hell no. Right. Hell no. <laughs> Some of the most intimate aspects of you is the does it's actually purpose is the most intimate thing you have. That desire of the soul inside of you, that will that the soul had upon incarnation, saying, I am going down there on this earth plane with the desire to express the light within me in this fashion. So you took it and you 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 put it here. You're like, yes, let's go. Allowing that to be expressed, that is one of the most intimate experiences ever. So be, uh, allowing even more of that expression of purpose is going to ask a lot of shedding. It's going to ask of you to be in that space of authentic expression. If you want the, the frequency of purpose, think about the frequency of authenticity. Think about the frequency of integrity. Think about the frequency of heart-centered expression. Think about the frequency of like taking space from a perspective that is not like, it's not entitlement, like everybody owes me space. It's worthiness of being here, meant to be here, worthiness of being here. I'm sorry my camera is doing this weird focus thing, but um, this is what is coming up first as we good. start leading well, keep into. Flowing. Let the camera yeah. do what it does. Keep flowing. I'm in the words. We're hearing you. We're seeing you. We're feeling you. So that's, a, that's the first thing I would like to say. And maybe from there, if you, if there's something 
a specific area that you want us to build on, we can do that. But that's what's present at the moment. Thank you so much. And that was so powerful. And that is something, you know, I feel that that's a construction by society and also capitalism and colonialism that you have to go on a journey. You have to spend a lot of tons of thousands of dollars to find your purpose, that you're not good enough if you don't have it, like you said. And I love that invitation for us to breathe into that. It felt almost like a, a fast meditation, what you did, or like feel it in your body. And so I hope that everyone did take that breath to feel that and accept Xavier's invitation. What if we've always been on purpose? And so if we've always been on purpose, purpose doesn't look the way it does, you know, in Instagram, the Instagram highlights and the highlight reels. Purpose can also, how does purpose also look or feel for you? Because it's not always a feel good thing. It's sometimes, like you said, loss, you're shedding. So, so how do, how do we recognize that we're on, on purpose, even in the moments of, of, of greatest pain and greatest loss and greatest dissolution of what we thought we needed to be who we, who we are? So this is such a brilliant question and it's a very difficult one very difficult one because people often ask me how do i write you telling me that i've been on purpose all this time you mean that the abuse i went through was part part of my purpose do you mean that everything um in there the pain that i went through was part of my purpose so i'm not gonna offer blatant yes to it but i'm gonna offer this perspective would it be fair would it be fair to who you are today to disconnect purpose from what allowed from from what allowed the shaping of of who you needed to become and some of these odds tremendously painful i often i've heard some of the most kind of like some of the stories that would cause people's skin to crawl i've had people it's the first time i actually i somebody is actually believing that this was my experience but it was. This is how deep of a pain that person went through. So would it be fair, and I'm really asking the question to disconnect that purpose from the odds that you went through that made you into who you are to actually embrace that. And I haven't been able to say no to this. I haven't been able to say, um, yes, it would be fair to just like, write off a whole part of my story, especially the most painful ones, telling to the parts of me that went through that, that they did not matter, that they did not matter. And it's only when I landed on this place of, you know, um, feeling more in purpose that I started, quote unquote, mattering. So this would be telling to all these parts of me that they meant nothing on my path. And I am not okay with that. I am not at peace with that. I cannot reconcile that. So telling to these parts of me that they weren't part of the path of purpose, that they were just pure accident, I am not okay with that. So because of it, because a big aspect of who I am, not to the people that caused the pain, not to the souls that caused the harm and all of that, but to the parts of me that evolved through whatever happened to me, I owe to include them in what I consider to be my path of purpose. So this, it's, it's this huge paradox 
this huge paradox where you allow yourself to include, to expand your heart big enough in a way that includes the part of you that went through suffering. It's really about you. It's really about welcoming all these parts. And in my opinion, it is going to be extremely difficult to, to honor the full potency of your power if you want to stand on, this, uh, on a pedestal where the parts of you that were already burdened by your difficult history, by your difficult past, are doing the carrying, they need to be invited to the stage, in my opinion. They need to be invited to the stage. So that's what I often say to people that are um, having this kind of conflict. Um, that's how I resolve that conflict for myself. That was part of it. They are part of that. They are part of all of who I needed to be in order to embrace this path, in order to let this path expand even more. That's how I reconcile with that thought. Thank you so much, Xavier. I love that you approached it with honesty and transparency because it is a, it's a complicated one because when we go, oh, you know, that's just part of your journey, that's a spiritual bypass, no one needs that. Yeah. And then that question that you asked where you said, is it fair for those parts to carry it all on their own and to say, no, you don't matter, only I matter here when I'm on stage or making the millions or written, writing the book or happy, successful. And I love that invitation for us to invite all of ourselves. And I think that when we don't invite those parts of ourselves that suffered so tremendously, it is a disservice because I feel for me, I can only speak for myself, that the way I can hold space in hypnosis, right? I do a lot of hypnosis work in my readings and in that type of work sitting in circle for years is because I've known suffering, yeah. because I've, I've gone through tremendous loss and, and that allows me to know myself. I um, wanted to share with you that I had lost half my family in 2020. So my mm -hmm. dad, my mom, and my youngest brother. I'm and sorry. thank you, thank you. And at the same time, people said, Vanessa, don't you think you need a break? Maybe get offline. And I said, Are you, my family's on the other side going, go, go, go. I heard them. I cried every day, yet I showed up for my work and my service. It also fed me as I fed others. We fed each other because people were suffering anyway through yeah. many different things. And when people, and so what you're saying, I'm just using that as an example, is that I I couldn't just come in, only makeup and hi everyone, everything. And people would see that I hadn't, and I said, and people were like, you're okay. And I'm like, I am, you know, I cried. I allowed myself to feel. And then I knew that I wanted to be here now to hold yeah. this space right in this moment. For me to cut off those parts would not have allowed me to move forward with power. Right. And somebody said, how are you able to do this? And I said, because I know who the F, who the F I am. Right. I was like, I know who the F I am. And that comes from suffering and that comes from including that. So thank you so much for sharing with the audience and allowing me to reflect on that. And I know that folks, as you're watching, all of us have gone through loss in one way, shape or another. All of us may have even suffered things that we don't even tell anyone. Right. In so many of your sessions, my sessions, people are like, I've never even told my therapist what I've been through. Let's invite that that part of ourselves to, to to our to the party, right? Because when we get to that place that we think we want, like book or that love or whatever, we are like, yeah, it's a party. Who brought us here? Who is there along? So I love that so much. Um, the invitation to include all of ourselves. 
do you, so something I saw in the last 10 years was that I'd be at a party in New York at the time and people would pull out their card and they'd be like, you know, my purpose is, and I'm a psychic reader, you know, my yeah. purpose is, you know, I'm an angel investor, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, wow, like our purpose does not go on a business card. I mean, maybe, but that would be so little because there's so little space on that, right? On that business card. We're so much more than a title. We're so much more than a job description. Um, purpose, you said, we're always on it. What do you feel in your experience, in your view, is our purpose here as insold humans, insold beings? In my opinion, uh, and I just want to say thank you for that question. The way I'm relating to that, to purpose, in my opinion, as I've said, it's an, it's a path that is unfolding. Like in this moment, I'm doing this work and I have no, I am at a place where I'm enjoying it. And I'm at a place where I'm practicing surrendering to all the ways this expression of purpose wants to shift because it is in honor in order to honor myself i need to be open to the possibility that five years two years one year from now what i'm doing now no longer resonates with my core essence that core wants to be expressed in a new fashion and that would be the new expression of purpose in that now moment it's just like go beginning to lead your life from that heart-centered way beginning to let that beginning to hear that voice within and beginning to give to that voice more real estate at the table of how you you know you lead your life in my opinion that's what it looks like so in every now moment purpose has a picture in every now moment purpose has a picture oh this is what it looks like right now this guy is serving he's doing shadow work he's coaching and all of these different things oh wow now there is fatherhood he has three kids now so that too okay let's include that and now it's going to shift into something else so it is some it is a sometimes i call it a being of its own it is a friend that is evolving with you and when you're willing to relate to that in that fashion, it gives you some leeway, some freedom. It's like, okay, my, I'm not here to box that part of me. I'm not here to try to kind of like, you know, put it into a niche. I'm not here to try to kind of like, you know, frame it into an I help statement, meaning I help people this, do that, that we often do as coaches, as, you know, entrepreneurs, we get to be clear on who we are here to serve. In my opinion, um, one of the intentions of being here on the planet at this moment is to help the earth in her own evolution of purpose. What I mean by that is we are the earth thinking, we are the earth evolving, we are part of the collective soul of the earth. And, you know, through allowing our own soul to evolve through us, not to ascend beyond the earth, not to, very often people are like, hey, you are here to embrace higher um, perspectives and all of that. And I'm saying, yes, what does it look like? What does it look like for you as you are navigating the human experience? Take this kind of like vision that you have in your mind, take this kind of elevation that you have in the mind and or in your heart, in all these higher realms that you are able to tap into. Can you translate that for the human self? I'm not going to call it the lower self. Can you translate that into what it looks like for your work? 
Can you translate that into what it looks like for your relationships and really embracing? It's like you are decoding something and shifting it into a new paradigm of being human. You are taking some sort of soul desire and decoding it into a new paradigm of being human. What does it look like for my relationships, for business, for all the different dimensions of my life to actually include the new, I'm going to call it codes of light that your soul wants to give to you, that your soul wants to express through you. And sometimes we we very often feel into, man, I am, you know, you do your meditation and you feel so heart-centered and you feel connected to your source. And then there is a part of you that we often relate to as the lower self, the part of you that is in touch with financial needs, the part of you that is in touch with relational needs, the part of you that is in touch with like belonging needs, like, hey, I want to feel safe here. I want to feel safe here. Can you actually upgrade what the definition of survival for the human is in a way that includes more of your soul expression? Can you upgrade the definition of survival like now survival is no longer I get and I get to cut myself to split myself in half to belong into a you know a group and now survival means wow I can only be fully here if I make space for my authentic self-expression what does it look like to create this kind of this kind of like spaces, communities? What does it look like for me to invite more of who I am in my relationships? What does it feel like for me to invite more of who I am, all of who I am as best as I can into my work? In my opinion, that process of dissension and now translating that for the human, a new way of being human in business, a new way of being human that is much more compassionate towards self, you know, much more loving towards self and loving towards others at the very least in a way that does not exclude self. I think we are in the process of finding out what that looks like in, you know, um, entrepreneurship. What does it look like? What does it look like to embrace a new compassionate paradigm of entrepreneurship in your soul-led business in whatever is lighting you up in this moment. So these are the themes that are very present when I think about what are we here for? Mm, I love that so much. And I love that it's a process of becoming and of inquiry and of curiosity. It is not solidified. It is not written in stone in any way, shape or form. And it's not a place we get to. It's a place we're always flowing through, right? We're always flowing. Um, I ask myself, my spirit every year, this is where I'm most needed in my work the last 10 years. People were surprised, they're like, but this is your business. I'm like, what if my spirit wakes up and goes, you know, pack your bags, go somewhere else, do something else. If I'm spirit led, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. And so thank you, I love that. A new way of being human. How do we descend our spirit into all of ourselves? from what you're saying too, what I'm capturing is sometimes people give a lot of importance to business and it is important to pay attention to it, right? We may rely on it for income as I do, many many of us. At the same time, when I hear your words and what resonates is that really business is just a vehicle for our becoming at the moment in the time, if that is so. 
And so this idea that I think is a lot out there where, oh, you're spiritual. Now you've got intuition. Now you got to make a business. So what do you say to that? I think I know what you're going to say, but I want to hear from you. This idea that now because I'm intuitive and now because I know things or I have this, now will the natural, because that's what I'm seeing a lot online and, and the reaction, like automatically, like I've had people reach out and been like, well, I want to do this. And then I ask them and they really don't have an offering yet because they're just beginning. And they're like, oh, you mean I get to just be spiritual for myself? I'm like, yes, you do. And in yeah. some point in time, when you feel that moving within you, that it has to express. So what what do you say to that of business being a vehicle for your becoming, for your expression in the moment, and folks putting so much attention and I have to have a business or it has to succeed and this is the way it has to be. What do you say to that? Well, there are there's so much that I want to say to that. You know, there are there are so many healers out there that will never be in a session offering healing. There are so many healers out there that work in corporate, and through the way they are being in that environment, they are planting a seed of energy in there that is changing the paradigm. They're actually shifting the paradigm of what that looks like, what it looks like to be somebody working in these environments. There are so many healers that work in politics that will never be sitting with another person and transmitting energy through like you know hold you know hands and everything like that and they will never have a conversation to anybody about chakras or whatever they will never do that but through the way they are able to express the compassion coming from their heart through the connection that they have with spirit they will be able to be with the person in a way that is not just transactional, in a way that in a way that acknowledges the soul inside of that person. And that is healing the paradigm of business, the paradigm of like corporate, the paradigm of like, I don't know, take whatever it is. I know so many healers or so many uh, transfer agents of transformation, if you're uncomfortable with the word healer, that are lawyers right now. And the way they receive a client that comes and they are able to validate the experience of the client in ways that sometimes even a legit healer or therapist or whoever cannot do. And that lawyer is able to sit with the person and honor them without shaming them, without guilting them. They are projecting powerful transformative energy to that person. So to what you said, do do you always need to find a way to monetize your connection to your soul? No, absolutely not. Is it your path? Do you feel called to a soul, you know, heart-centered way to do that? Because we have this conditioning of like, no, it needs to look like this or this or that. And we have this whole desire to actually experience more freedom. I see many people that are entering the fields of like, coaching and business and all the healing arts more because they would love to receive the benefits of that meaning um the 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 apparent freedom the apparent kind of like the the quote i get to work with who i want and all of these different things more than it is actually the soul the soul calling to create a place where people can come and be served so it takes to really fully reconcile, is it truly what I'm called to do? Or is it just something I think I could do? Is it something that I'm truly called to do? Or is it something I think I, you know, I I just think I could, why not? Is it just a why not? Rather than like, holy crap, 
I feel called from my gut to actually sit with somebody, to hold space in that fashion. There's a big difference. And sometimes many people ask themselves, you know, and also leaning into leaning into business in these ways. Are you willing to welcome the archetype of the entrepreneur? Are you willing to welcome that archetypally? Are you willing to allow that part of you to emerge within you? And if you feel that mm -mm, maybe that blueprint, energetical blueprint is not available within you, maybe it's not necessarily the path for you. So I just want to say there are so many agents of transformations that are in some of the places where you wouldn't expect them. You wouldn't even expect them. And through the way they allow themselves to not only connect to their heart, to their soul, to their spirit, but also relate to people that they work with on a day-to-day. They are bringing healing in ways that are so potent, sometimes more potent than five years or 10 years of therapy through the way they are just present with one other person. So this, in my opinion, is extremely special. And if you are, you mean, meaning a person listening to this and you have been tortured by this feeling, oh, but I kind of like what I'm doing right now, but I part of me feels like I should just create an activity just for the sake of expressing this. How can you bring more of your soul embodiment into what you already do that you maybe like? That's what I would say. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. I know that if I keep asking, we're going to keep flowing. Um, before we end, is there anything else that you feel has been left unsaid for today? Um, I just want to say um, a big part that is really important in bridging the gap is if you are able to open up to the perspective that you are already on purpose and that you're worthy of being on purpose, worthy of being here, that you're not an accident of, on the planet, that there is a design behind your presence here, here by design, and that design is willing to be expressed even more through you, then you begin to lean into that space of realizing um, I want to say your inherent worthiness and just accepting I was meant to be here. It's you beginning to line up with that frequency of purpose. I know we've used the word purpose a lot, purpose a lot, and I really want to cleanse the word from a lot of the conditioning that has been charged into it. So <laughs> we need some Agua Florida for it. <laughs> cleanse it, cleanse it. Thank you so much. And I think, you know, My so pleasure. many words, the word healer, the word spirituality, uh, so many things need to be cleansed. You've been such um, a powerful speaker, a powerful human, a, pu a, a powerful um, share of wisdom. And thank you so much for work that you're doing on earth. And I'm so glad we got to be here today. I, I literally feel like tingly and full of this energy of excitement for folks to to follow you to connect with you to continue flowing in their purpose and also to continue healing and facing their shadows on their own with you um uh, xavier how can we find you where can people follow you or connect with you well thank you very much for having me once again and thank you very much for this platform you know to 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 talk about what i do um people can find me on my website xavierdagba.com um or on instagram or you know 
um, on many other social platforms. I'm more active on Instagram. And um, on my website, you can see more of what I'm offering. But I just want to say again, thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure, a delight to be in your energy, you, and um, to be in the energy of people that um, are in the vicinity of your work. Thank you. Thank you, Xavier. Thank you so much. What a blessing. What a blessing. I'm so glad I listened to Spirit and reached out. <laughs> um, gracias a todos por estar aquí. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Um, it's been a, a deep conversation. I hope that you continue to be an inquiry and continue as Xavier invited us to ask ourselves and really root into what if we've always been in our purpose. So thank you so much. Thank you, Xavier. Thank you, everyone. And we will continue. Gracias. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Bienvenidos. I'm so excited today to speak to someone that I've been sharing his wisdom online, following, connecting, aligning through his words and his wisdom. And I said to myself, it would be really amazing to have a conversation. And so here he is. Please help me welcome Xavier Dagba. Hello, Xavier. Well, hello, Ms. Vanessa. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm, um, I'm just receiving that this is happening and it's always a delight to just show up with the intent to to serve and um you know there is the anticipation that is there that i just want to call forth so that i can see it there's the anticipation the excitement that is there to just um be the proper vessel for what people that are tuning into right now need to hear at the moment and i hope we are able to achieve that thank you for having me here thank you thank you and i and i support that intention and i just welcome in that flow 
may may spirit work through us and um, connect with our audiences and may our audiences receive yeah. because we're in service. Thank you. And before we get into this beautiful, wise and exciting conversation, I want to read Xavier's bio. So Xavier is a trauma-informed transformational life coach and shadow work facilitator. He loves to think of himself as an emotional alchemist. His work and teachings are infused with the intent of transmitting the sacred wisdom of the heart. Xavier's transformational journey brought him to dive into the universe of shadow work, and he tends to think that only when you are willing to illuminate and integrate your shadow, can you fully feel alive and embody your power? He feels alive the most when he helps people shed their limitations, embrace their repressed power, and live from the heart, not their wounds. Thank you so much for your sacred work. Um, coming from a space and a world, of, you know, I was reading books on spirituality in the 80s. My family was spiritual, and it was all love and light. And yeah. so, so welcome that we are now understanding that the shadow is so deeply important on our path and yes. in our work and on our path to be whole. My, my first question for you is, how have your ancestors informed, inspired who you are today and the sacred work that you're bringing into the world? That's such a beautiful question, a rare one. You know, that's, I think this is the first time I am truly asked this question. So my ancestry, you know, I, I was born and raised in Africa. Um, central you know the central part of Africa Cameroon is where I grew up but my dad is from Benin and I have a big influence from Benin and Benin is you know the country of voodoo in Africa the country of like the you know um they call it um um the worship of spirits back home that's how they call, they, they they relate to it and uh for the longest time my dad was terrified of it and transmitted that fear to us, to his children. So my dad found refuge in religion. You know, he became Christian and he found refuge in there. To this day, extremely Catholic and, you know, practitioner and all of that. And um, so I was in this space in between where I saw the value of some teachings in the religion. And I also didn't really understand the tradition. I didn't really relate to it beyond the fear that he transmitted to us. And um, I was just tired of being afraid at some point, tired of being afraid. And my dad was afraid also in his lineage of his grandmother. That was a renowned um, voodoo practitioner back home, renowned um, to the point where they basically wanted to erase that part of the, the history. And I, growing up, I had extreme vivid dreams about being chased by um, an old woman that was chasing me with a, um, a black leopard in my dreams. As a kid, I had that, that dream would come up so many times. And I remember I would talk about that to my dad and he would freak out because he understood the symbolism. She had a name that was black leopard. Um, and, you know, I only learned about this much later much later, um, when I was a kid, he, he didn't really want to get into this. So I was bombarded with prayers and all of these different things that I welcomed and celebrated. And there is one day, I don't, I started doing shadow work without knowing that I was doing it. I started understanding it much later. There is one day when during a dream, I just turned around and I'm like, I'm not running. I'm done. I'm tired. I'm not running anymore. Out of exhaustion. 
And what came up when that face showed up was, I am not evil. That's what came up. I am not evil. I am not evil. I am not evil. And to this day, that presence is with me. So how has, and I've, I've come across so many people, healers, practitioners that are just like, whenever I sit with you, I feel like there is a, there is like a benevolent presence that is with you. It's, you know, I've had people telling me, it feels like there is a woman with a turban behind you. I'm like, who, who is that person? I'm like, well, maybe my great grandmother, I have no idea. Um, but this is something that was really, um, that hit me at the very core. And that has been present with me. And um, when I started learning even more about the practices of, you know, the tradition coming from the, the traditional heritage from my father, I found out there, that there are people that knew how to hold space for insanity. They knew how to hold space for madness. And from these places, the most healing experiences would occur. And I relate to that as intuitive mastery of the human psyche. And I am still learning from that. So um, it shaped tremendously trust in the inherent kind of like ability to heal that is embedded within the human psyche. So if I could say, what is one of the ways that my ancestry impacted my work? It would be this way, one very potent way. It made me realize that there is a big distinction between shadow and evil. That has been the big distinction in my work. And this is the place from which I'm operating. Thank you so much. I felt that like viscerally in my heart and my body as you were speaking and, and saw this like woman running with a black leopard and of course, the way Judeo-Christian religions have impacted the world that we've learned to associate with something negative, right? But yeah. it, and it's not, and it's not. And so thank you for that story because I'm even, part of me doesn't even wanna talk right now. I just wanna sit with it because it's very deep and I feel called to ask, to, to invite the audience to also ask yourselves, have there been recurrent dreams? Have there been stories of of what wisdom keepers or people that are called brujas or witches or um, people who mambos or santeras or priestesses or priests in your lineage that maybe you've rejected, or you've been afraid of, and maybe to look at your dream world as well, to look within, because there is such a source of great power when we can tap into that and heal that. So thank you for for that and when you're so you've already kind of like also answered what you had to overcome um is is that the main thing that you feel you had to transform a pattern from your ancestors because you had the fear from your father um that's beautiful and what are some of the gifts you're leaning into and well the some of the main thing that were there to transform was you know there was a story of wanting to be the the good boy good child and succeed academically that was the path that our parents did the best they could to put us on because we grew up in an environment you know we didn't have much you know so they wanted to do the best we they could to get us to succeed academically in school so I got to the point of being in a PhD program and I was just like, I am suffocating right here. This is not what I'm here to do. I am entering a machine that is squeezing my soul out of my body and I don't want to do that. So I dropped out. 
So there was that experience of like disappointing on purpose, knowing what I'm going to do is going to disappoint to a really deep degree. These people that I know love me. Parents, family, friends, people that looked up to me. There was that experience and literally dropping from where I thought I was, dropping from that place. So there was also that. And also getting into a place where I actually believed that there was value in what wanted to come through me. I tried so many proxies to the work that I'm doing today started nutrition coaching, fitness coaching in Montreal, opened the gym. And then within me, I knew, no, this is not it. There is something else that wants to soar. This is not it. And to the point where I had to fail miserably with that first business venture, rack up a whole lot of debt, clear some financial mess to be like, okay, something is not working. I am not listening. I even had like you know, I, I often call some experiences shadow attacks. So when there is something that wants to be expressed, it wants to rise and you're not allowing it, your body starts actually manifesting it. It's like, hey, there is something that wants to be expressed and you're not expressing it. And for me, that unfolded through asthma that lasted for exactly two years. And it stopped, you know, there was an, there was a lot of work behind emotional release, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of things that I had to do through that. But when I made the choice to actually let go of that venture, at the end of that year, I could breathe. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, there was an experience of surrender. We're talking about 2017, 2018. There was an experience of surrender where I dropped so much weight fast that year because of everything that I was holding on to. So what gifts am I am I leaning into? Um the leaning is still happening to this day, but it's really that trust, trust with that, I want to say blueprint. When I look back at when I look back at the heritage, and I said it at the beginning, people who had the capacity to hold space for madness. And by madness here, I'm not talking about something that is walking in the street, somebody that is walking in the streets completely naked and doing, you know, trying to kill everybody. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when the mind has lost a sense of structure, a sense of like um, order. And there is a new form of like order that wants to be expressed through you. But for that to be expressed, it demands that the structures that used to be there before just fully collapse even more. Um. There's a technology for that. It is so well understood. And um, to this day, I'm just like embracing it even more. And people who are brave enough to go through that experience, they find out that they come out of that feeling more liberated. So that's what I can say to that question. Mm, I love that. And I love how you define madness because it's breaking away from societal expectations, societal structures, because our people back in the day didn't look at their watches. We moved to the cycles of the earth, of nature, of the moon, of each other, of community. When you went to tend harvest, when you went to sow, when you went to dance, we had we had a different life. And it can look like madness. As you were speaking, I was reminded, I've been doing spiritual work from a young age because it's in my family. 
at the same time, I was not full time. And, and I had to go through a layoff the day before surgery, a surgery, a breakup. This is in 2012. Mm. Um, a car accident where I was saved, but it did roll around three times and nothing happened to me. And as I crawled out, I heard, um, don't go back to corporate. Stepping out into that felt like madness. So thank you for calling it out because I think that, I mean, you know, there's a lot of stories about dark night of the soul. It can last longer than a night. And it could be, as you said, when everything that we've counted on, I counted on my job to give me the, you know, support so I could live alone in New York, my relationship that I thought my, my, um, my health, everything fell away till I had to be like, okay, what do you want from me? And it's like, be who you are, be who you are, be who you've been, Um, a terrifying thing. And so uh, it does require so much bravery. It does require a process. And I remember thinking, I'm a good person. I've been doing good work and helping people and doing circles. Why? And it was because you're going, you're, you're supposed to become even more of yourself. Absolutely. Um, And I think, I feel like it's a process where we allow more of our own soul to reside in our body. Right. Yeah. Yes. It's like it's it's like this has to fall off all the things, the structures, so we can breathe free in terror sometimes, and then more of our soul can enter and work through us. Um, so thank you for that, and and thank you for listening to my story as well because it just lit me up in that way. Um, so many people now are seeing, you know, all the TikToks, all the reels, all the things, and I do believe that social media platforms have really supported the widespread awareness and understanding of narcissism, of what an empath is, of spiritual awakening, of spiritual madness, of spiritual loss, of spiritual awakening. And it's taught us so much about so many things. At the same time, that other side that paints it out to be, oh, you go through this training and everything's okay, or you go through this moment. People going through that sometimes have asked me, you know, I look at all this stuff and I feel like my purpose is to, I'm supposed to be Oprah, I'm supposed to be a healer, I'm supposed to have millions of people in front of me. And I know that when I was, you know, starting out my spiritual path, I never thought of that. It was just like better living and healing myself and having a better life. Where does real, finding our real true purpose in this kind of interesting landscape, right? Technology, growth, uh, all the insanity, the political landscape that we're dealing with. What do you think or feel or know that finding our purpose really is, right? In the midst of all of this that I've just painted. Yeah, that is a question that has so much depth. I want to say thank you for the context. Um, I want to say first, thank you for Thank you for your story and thank you for everything that you shared there. Um, I feel like I get to be, to know you even more and know your heart even more. So I want to say thank you for that. Um, but the, the question, let me receive the question, purpose. I often think purpose is one of the topics that have that has been the most distorted, in my opinion. Distorted because we often believe, we often think that we gotta, we we need to go get purpose somewhere else than here. What what do I want to, what 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 do I mean by that? I'm going to offer a very wild thought before we dive into the nitty gritty. Maybe a wild thought. Maybe you have never been out of purpose 
maybe i'm just inviting you to hold that thought here maybe you have always been on purpose and that purpose is actually a path maybe it's a road you're walking and maybe you've actually always been on purpose and the conditioning that sometimes purpose is actually away from here that purpose is somewhere else other than here sometimes it creates even more of a gap that it's that is hard to bridge uh, a gap that can feel and 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 when we associate when we do the spiritual work actually we associate a whole lot of our self-esteem to being in purpose we we put a whole bunch of our self-esteem in I need to be on purpose. If I'm not on purpose, why am I? What am I doing here? I'm not worthy of being here. If I'm not on purpose, then what's the point? If I'm not on purpose, maybe I'm just a waste of space. And in my opinion, that is also um, an aspect of this distorted spiritual conditioning that can sometimes be very harmful. I'm inviting you to hold on to the thought. Maybe I've always been on purpose, and maybe this path gets to and expand and unfold even more in ways that fill my soul, in ways that nourish my spirit. Maybe this is actually what gets to happen. From this foundational perspective, now we can begin to expand. Okay, I'm on purpose. It gets to be better. It gets to expand in different ways. It doesn't necessarily... Right now, being right here doesn't need to look like the Oprah story. Doesn't need to look like that, you know, Xavier's story. Doesn't need to be like Vanessa's story. I'm on it. I'm here. I'm on it. And since I am here, you know, it doesn't mean that this is the, the, you know, the end of it. It doesn't mean that this is where it ends. I get to expand. And you mentioned something about the the process of the ascension of the soul because we often see ascension as um, wanting to rise above our humanness but i very much see it as inviting our soul more for our soul into our humanness so that is actually the new path that opens up a big attribute of purpose is actually in my opinion getting into that space of radical authenticity what do i mean by that very often when we are i mean i mean i'm gonna give an image Imagine that at the core of you, you are holding this piece, this core that is the co core true desire of the soul that wants to be expressed through you. That there is a core deep desire of the soul that wants to be expressed through you. And you are on a stage with literally 8 billion people watching you. Because on an energetic level, this is literally what is happening. On this collective field, this is literally what is happening. There are 8 billion other souls out there. And you are here. You have the capacity to shield your core. Or you have the capacity to emanate the core. So I'm inviting you to think about that frequency of embracing fully purpose. So it's not a matter of, it's not a, a thing about being on purpose or not being on purpose any longer. It's about fully embracing purpose or not fully expressing purpose. It's about fully expressing purpose or not fully or, or repressing purpose to a certain degree because the reality is you are on purpose. 
Is it fully expressed or is it not yet fully expressed? Is it expressed in the best of your ability or is it not there yet? You are now on a spectrum of purpose and the higher degrees of purpose, if I'm going to put it this way, they depend on how much you allow the emanation. It depends on how much you allow that core, that most intimate aspect of you. People often think that the, the most intimate parts of them is your naked body. Hell no. Right. Hell no. <laughs> Some of the most intimate aspects of you is the, the it's actually purpose is the most intimate thing you have. That desire of the soul inside of you, that will that the soul had upon incarnation saying, I am going down there on this earth plane with the desire to express the light within me in this fashion. So you took it and you, 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 you put it here. You're like, yes, let's go. Allowing that to be expressed. That is one of the most intimate experiences ever. So be, uh, allowing even more of that expression of purpose is gonna ask a lot of shedding. It's going to ask of you to be in that space of authentic expression. If you want the, the frequency of purpose, think about the frequency of authenticity. Think about the frequency of integrity. Think about the frequency of heart-centered expression. Think about the frequency of like taking space from a perspective that is not like, it's not entitlement, like everybody owes me space. It's worthiness of being here, meant to be here, worthiness of being here. I'm sorry my camera is doing this weird focus thing, but um, this is what is coming up first as we good. start leading into. Keep flowing. Let the camera yeah. do what it does. Keep flowing. I'm in the words. We're hearing you. We're seeing you. We're feeling you. So that's, a, that's the first thing I would like to say. And maybe from there, if you if there's something a specific area that you want us to build on, we can do that. But that's what's present at the moment. Thank you so much. And that was so powerful. And that is something, you know, I feel that that's a construction by society and also capitalism and colonialism that you have to go on a journey. You have to spend a lot of tons of thousands of dollars to find your purpose, that you're not good enough if you don't have it, like you said. And I love that invitation for us to breathe into that it felt almost like a, a fast meditation, what you did, or like feel it in your body. And so I hope that everyone did take that breath to feel that and accept Xavier's invitation. What if we've always been on purpose? And so if we've always been on purpose, purpose doesn't look the way it does, you know, in Instagram, the Instagram highlights and the highlight reels. Purpose can also, how does purpose also look or feel for you? Because it's not always a feel-good thing. It's sometimes, like you said, loss. You're shedding. So, so how do how do we recognize that we're on on purpose, even in the moments of of, of greatest pain and greatest loss and greatest dissolution of what we thought we needed to be who we who we are? So this is such a brilliant question, and it's a very difficult one very difficult one because people often ask me how do i write you telling me that i've been on purpose all this time you mean that the abuse i went through was path part of my purpose do you mean that everything um in there the pain that i went through was part of my purpose so i'm not gonna offer blatant yes to it but i'm gonna offer this perspective would it be fair would it be fair to who you are today 
to disconnect purpose from what allowed from from what allowed the shaping of of who you needed to become and some of these odds tremendously painful i often i've heard some of the most kind of like some of the stories that would cause people's skin to crawl i've had people it's the first time i actually i somebody is actually believing that this was my experience but it was this is how deep of a pain that person went through so would it be fair and i'm really asking the question to disconnect that purpose from the odds that you went through that made you into who you are to actually embrace that and i haven't been able to say no to this i haven't been able to say um yes it would be fair to just like write off a whole part of my story especially the most painful ones telling to the parts of me that went through that that they did not matter that they did not matter that it's only when i landed on this place of you know um feeling more in purpose that i started quote unquote mattering so this would be telling to all these parts of me that they meant nothing on my path and i am not okay with that i am not at peace with that i cannot reconcile that so telling to these parts of me that they weren't part of the path of purpose that they were just pure accident i am not okay with that so because of it because a big aspect of who i am not to the people that caused the pain not to the souls that caused the harm and all of that but to the parts of me that evolved through whatever happened to me i owe to include them in what i consider to be my path of purpose so this it's it's this huge paradox this huge paradox where you allow yourself to include to expand your heart big enough in a way that includes the part of you that went through suffering it's really about you it's really about welcoming all these parts and in my opinion it is going to be extremely difficult to to honor the full potency of your power if you want to stand on this on the pedestal where the parts of you that were already burdened by your difficult history by your difficult past are doing the carrying they need to be invited to the stage in my opinion they need to be invited to the stage so that's what i often say to people that are um having this kind of conflict um that's how i resolve that conflict for myself that was part of it they are part of that they are part of all of who i needed to be in order to embrace this path in order to let this path expand even more that's how i reconcile with that thought thank you so much xavier i love that you approached it with honesty and transparency because it is a it's a complicated one because when we go oh you know that's just part of your journey that's a spiritual bypass no one needs that yeah. And then that question that you asked where you said, is it fair for those parts to carry it all on their own and to say, no, you don't matter. Only I matter here when I'm on stage or making the millions or written, writing the book or happy, successful. And I love that invitation for us to invite all of ourselves. And I think that when we don't invite those parts of ourselves that suffered so tremendously, 
it is a disservice because I feel for me, I can only speak for myself, that the way I can hold space in hypnosis, right? I do a lot of hypnosis work in my readings and in that type of work, sitting in circle for years, is because I've known suffering, uh, yeah. because I've, I've gone through tremendous loss. And, and that allows me to know myself. Um, wanted to share with you that I had lost half my family in 2020. So my mm -hmm. dad, my mom, and my youngest brother. I'm and sorry. thank you, thank you. And at the same time, people said, Vanessa, don't you think you need a break? Maybe get offline. And I said, you, my family's on the other side going, go, go, go. I heard them. I cried every day, yet I showed up for my work and my service. It also fed me as I fed others. We fed each other because people were suffering anyway through many different things. And when people, and so what you're saying, I'm just using that as an example, is that I, I couldn't just come in only makeup and hi everyone, everything. And people would see that I had, and I said, and people are like, you're okay. And I'm like, I am, you know, I cried. I allowed myself to feel. And then I knew that I wanted to be here now to hold yeah. the space right in this moment for me to cut off those parts would not have allowed me to move forward with power. Right. And somebody said, how are you able to do this? And I said, because I know who the, F, who the F I am. Right. I was like, I know who the F I am. And that comes from suffering and that comes from including that. So thank you so much for sharing with the audience and allowing me to reflect on that. And I know that folks, as you're watching, all of us have gone through loss in one way, shape or another. All of us may have even suffered things that we don't even tell anyone, right? In so many of your sessions, my sessions, people are like, I've never even told my therapist what I've been through. And let's invite that that part of ourselves to, to, to our to the party, right? Because when we get to that place that we think we want, like book or that love or whatever, we are like, yeah, it's a party. Who brought us here? Who was there along? So I love that so much, um, the invitation to include all of ourselves. Do you, so something I saw in the last 10 years was that I'd be at a party in New York at the time and people would pull out their card and they'd be like, you know, my purpose is, and I'm a psychic reader, you know, my purpose is, you know, I'm an angel investor, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, wow, like our purpose does not go on a business card. I mean, maybe, but that would be so little because there's so little space on that, right? On that business card. We're so much more than a title. We're so much more than a job description. Um, purpose, you said, we're always on it. What do you feel in your experience, in your view, is our purpose here as ensouled humans, ensouled beings? In my opinion, uh, and I just want to say thank you for that question. The way I'm relating to that, to purpose, in my opinion, as I've said, it's, an, it's a path that is unfolding. Like in this moment, I'm doing this work and I have no, I am at a place where I'm enjoying it. And I'm at a place where I'm practicing surrendering to all the ways this expression of purpose wants to shift. Because it is in honor, in order to honor myself, I need to be open to the possibility that five years, two years, one year from now, what I'm doing now no longer resonates with my core essence. That core wants to be expressed in a new fashion and that would be the new expression of purpose in that now moment it's just like go beginning to lead your life from that heart-centered way beginning to let that beginning to hear that voice within and beginning to give to that voice more real estate at the table of how you you know you lead your life 
In my opinion, that's what it looks like. So in every now moment, purpose has a picture. In every now moment, purpose has a picture. Oh, this is what it looks like right now. This guy is serving, he's doing shadow work, he's coaching and all of these different things. Oh, wow, now there is fatherhood. He has three kids now. So that too, okay, let's include that. And now it's going to shift into something else. So it is, some, it is a, sometimes I call it a being of its own. It is a friend that is evolving with you. And when you're willing to relate to that in that fashion, it gives you some leeway, some freedom. It's like, okay, my, I'm not here to box that part of me. I'm not here to try to kind of like, you know, put it into a niche. I'm not here to try to kind of like, you know, frame it into an I help statement, meaning I help people this, do that that we often do as coaches, as, you know, entrepreneurs, we get to be clear on who we are here to serve. In my opinion, um, one of the intentions of being here on the planet at this moment is to help the earth in her own evolution of purpose. What I mean by that is we are the earth thinking, we are the earth evolving, we are part of the collective soul of the earth. And, you know, through allowing our own soul to evolve through us, not to ascend beyond the earth, not to, very often people are like, hey, you are here to embrace higher um, perspectives and all of that. And I'm saying, yes, what does it look like? What does it look like for you as you are navigating the human experience? Take this kind of like vision that you have in your mind, take this kind of elevation that you have in the mind and or in your heart, in all these higher realms that you are able to tap into. Can you translate that for the human self? I'm not going to call it the lower self. Can you translate that into what it looks like for your work? Can you translate that into what it looks like for your relationships and really embracing? It's like you are decoding something and shifting it into a new paradigm of being human. You are taking some sort of soul desire and decoding it into a new paradigm of being human. What does it look like for my relationships, for business, for all the different dimensions of my life to actually include the new, I'm going to call it codes of light that your soul wants to give to you, that your soul wants to express through you. And sometimes we we very often feel into, man, I am, you know, you do your meditation and you feel so heart-centered and you feel connected to your source. And then there is a part of you that we often relate to as the lower self, the part of you that is in touch with financial needs, the part of you that is in touch with relational needs, the part of you that is in touch with like belonging needs, like, hey, I want to feel safe here. Yes. I want to feel safe here. Can you actually upgrade what the definition of survival for the human is in a way that includes more of your soul expression? Can you upgrade the definition of survival like now survival is no longer, I get, and I get to cut myself, to split myself in half, to belong into a, you know, a group. And now survival means, wow, I can only be fully here if I make space for my authentic self-expression. What does it look like to create this kind of, this kind of like spaces, communities? What does it look like for me to invite more of who I am in my relationships? What does it feel like for me to invite more of who I am, all of who I am as best as I can into my work? 
In my opinion, that process of dissension and now translating that for the human, a new way of being human in business, a new way of being human that is more, much more compassionate towards self, you know, much more loving towards self and loving towards others at the very least in a way that does not exclude self. I think we are in the process of finding out what that looks like in, you know, um, entrepreneurship. What does it look like? What does it look like to embrace a new compassionate paradigm of entrepreneurship in your soul-led business in whatever is lighting you up in this moment. So these are the themes that are very present when I think about what are we here for? Mm, I love that so much. And I love that it's a process of becoming and of inquiry and of curiosity. It is not solidified. It is not written in stone in any way, shape or form. And it's not a place we get to. It's a place we're always flowing through, right? We're always flowing. Um, I ask myself, my spirit every year, this is where I'm most needed in my work the last 10 years. People were surprised, they're like, but this is your business. I'm like, what if my spirit wakes up and goes, you know, pack your bags, go somewhere else, do something else. If I'm spirit led, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. And so thank you. I love that a new way of being human. How do we descend our spirit into all of ourselves? from what you're saying too, what I'm capturing is sometimes people give a lot of importance to business and it is important to pay attention to it, right? We may rely on it for income as I do, many, many of us. At the same time, when I hear your words and what resonates is that really business is just a vehicle for our becoming at the moment in the time, if that is so. Yes. And so this idea that I think is a lot on, in, out there where, oh, you're spiritual. Now you've got intuition. Now you got to make a business. So what do you say to that? I think I know what you're going to say, but I want to hear it from you. This idea that now because I'm intuitive and now because I know things or I have this now, well, the natural, because that's what I'm seeing a lot yes. online and, and the reaction, like automatically, like I've had people reach out and been like, well, I want to do this. And then I ask them and they really don't have an offering yet because they're just beginning and they're like, oh, you mean I get to just be spiritual for myself? I'm like, yes, you do. And in yeah. some point in time, when you feel that moving within you, that it has to express. So what what do you say to that of business being a vehicle for your becoming, for your expression in the moment and folks putting so much attention and I have to have a business or it has to succeed and this is the way it has to be. What do you say to that? Well, there is there's so much that I want to say to that. You know, there are, there are so many healers out there that will never be in a session offering healing. There are so many healers out there that work in corporate. And through the way they are being in that environment, they are planting a seed of energy in there that is changing the paradigm. They're actually shifting the paradigm of what that looks like, what it looks like to be somebody working in these environments. There are so many healers that work in politics that will never be sitting with another person and transmitting energy through like, you know, hold, you know, hands and everything like that. And they will never have a conversation to anybody about chakras or whatever. They will never do that. But through the way they are able to express the compassion coming from their heart, through the connection that they have with spirit, they will be able to be with the person in a way that is not just transactional, in a way that in a way that acknowledges the soul inside of that person, 
And that is healing the paradigm of business, the paradigm of like corporate, the paradigm of like, I don't know, take whatever it is. I know so many healers or so many uh, transfer agents of transformation, if you're uncomfortable with the word healer, that are lawyers right now. And the way they receive a, a client that comes and they are able to validate the experience of the client in ways that sometimes even a legit healer or therapist or whoever cannot do. And that lawyer is able to sit with the person and honor them without shaming them, without guilting them. They are projecting powerful transformative energy to that person. So to what you said, do, do you always need to find a way to monetize your connection to your soul? No, absolutely not. Is it your path? Do you feel called to a soul, you know, heart-centered way to do that? Because we have this conditioning of like, no, it needs to look like this or this or that. And we have this whole desire to actually experience more freedom. I see many people that are entering the fields of like, coaching and business and all the healing arts more because they would love to receive the benefits of that meaning um the 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 apparent freedom the apparent kind of like the the quote i get to work with who i want and all of these different things more than it is actually the soul the a soul calling to create a place where people can come and be served so it takes to really fully reconcile, is it truly what I'm called to do? Or is it just something I think I could do? Is it something that I'm truly called to do? Or is it something I think I, you know, I, I just think I could, why not? Is it just a why not? Rather than like, holy crap, I feel called from my guts to actually sit with somebody, to hold space in that fashion. There's a big difference. And sometimes many people ask themselves, you know, and also leaning into, leaning into business in these ways. Are you willing to welcome the archetype of the entrepreneur? Are you willing to welcome that archetypally? Are you willing to allow that part of you to emerge within you? And if you feel that mm -mm, maybe that blueprint energetical blueprint is not available within you maybe it's not necessarily the path for you so i just want to say there are so many agents of transformations that are in some of the places where you wouldn't expect them you wouldn't even expect them and through the way they allow themselves to not only connect to their heart to their soul to their spirit but also relate to people that they work with on a day-to-day they are bringing healing in ways that are so potent, sometimes more potent than five years or 10 years of therapy through the way they are just present with one other person. So this, in my opinion, is extremely special. And if you are, you mean, meaning a person listening to this and you have been tortured by this feeling, oh, but I kind of like what I'm doing right now, but I part of me feels like I should just create an activity just for the sake of expressing this. How can you bring more of your soul embodiment into what you already do that you maybe like? That's what I would say. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. I know that if I keep asking, we're going to keep flowing. Um, before we end, is there anything else that you feel has been left unsaid for today? Um, I just want to say um, a big part 
that is really important in bridging the gap is if you are able to open up to the perspective that you are already on purpose and that you're worthy of being on purpose, worthy of being here, that you're not an accident of, on the planet, that there is a design behind your presence here, here by design, and that design is willing to be expressed even more through you, then you begin to lean into that space of realizing, um, I want to say your inherent worthiness, mm -hmm. and just accepting I was meant to be here, it's you beginning to line up with that frequency, of purpose. I know we've used the word purpose a lot, purpose a lot, and I really want to cleanse the word from a lot of the conditioning that has been charged into it. So <laughs> we need some Agua Florida for it. <laughs> cleanse it. Cleanse it. Thank you so much. And I think, you know, I so many that. words, the word healer, the word spirituality, uh, so many things need to be cleansed. You've been such um, a powerful speaker a powerful human, a, a powerful um, share of wisdom. And thank you so much for work that you're doing on earth. And I'm so glad we got to be here today. I, I literally feel like tingly and full of this energy of excitement for folks to to follow you, to connect with you, to continue flowing in their purpose and also to continue healing and facing their shadows on their own with you. Um, uh, Xavier, how can we find you? Where can people follow you or connect with you? Well, thank you very much for having me once again. And thank you very much for this platform, you know, to, to, to talk about what I do. Um, people can find me on my website, xavierdagba.com um, or on Instagram or, you know, um, on many other social platforms. I'm more active on Instagram. And um, on my website, you can see more of what I'm offering. But I just want to say again, thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure, delight to be in your energy, you, and um, to be in the energy of people that um, are in the vicinity of your work. Thank you. Thank you, Xavier. Thank you so much. What a blessing. What a blessing. I'm so glad I listened to spirit and reached out. <laughs> um, gracias a todos por estar aquí. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Um, it's been a, a deep conversation. I hope that you continue to be an inquiry and continue as Xavier invited us to ask ourselves and really root into what if we've always been in our purpose. So thank you so much. Thank you, Xavier. Thank you, everyone. And we will continue. Gracias. <laughs>